0: Stralsund, Communist, East Germany, 1989. The seaman emerged from De Hafenhundt, a dingy beer house below street level near the Volksmarine dry docks on the Baltic. He found his two wheel pushcart where he'd left it on the sidewalk, with one of its bicycle tires wedged among the ornamental iron wickets guarding a nearby tree. "'He quickly rolled it away from the establishment's dimly-lit entrance "'and up the street where the sounds from inside the beer-house faded into silence. "'He paused to retrieve a knitted stocking cap from his short seaman's coat "'and pulled it onto his head and over his ears before proceeding. "'The dew-point had changed or the cobblestones were slippery.' he hesitated at the bridge to the old city to get his bearings then crossed and entered the blackness of a medieval street on the far side of a canal single dim bulbs lit a few of the intersections but their faint yellow glow dissipated before reaching the pavement and offered little help in finding his way a patriotic precaution against air attack "'the defiant posters proclaimed. "'But everybody knew it was to conserve "'the Deutsche Demokratische Republik's meagre energy reserves.' "'He shook his head and drew a deep breath. "'The chill of the Baltic air was bracing. "'Minutes later, a small high-arched bridge came into view. "'It spanned another canal guarded by a dark parliament of weeping willows.' He went across, stopping once in the middle, to glance about and fix the way in his mind. Not so much as a window candle or crack of light shone among the ancient shops and family quarters. Good, he thought. Finally he found the little iron footbridge that crossed over an older, narrow canal, and pushed the cart up, over and down to the other side. "'The church was across the street, its front door slightly ajar. "'A good sign,' he thought, as he entered the nave by the side door. "'A rack beneath a picture of the Virgin held a mere sprinkling of votive candles, "'perhaps a good showing, though, in the Volk's Republic, "'where religion had become more or less a clandestine business. "'They were close to flickering out in their red glass cups.' It was miserably damp in the church, and the cold still the characteristic odour he had noticed during his first visit. "'Something could be wrong,' he thought, suddenly aware of the utter stillness in the place. "'My God! He isn't here to-night!' He felt his way in near-darkness toward the confessional, entered it, and drew the curtain— Minutes passed. "'Aren't you here?' he whispered. "'God help me! Please!' His speech was slurred. The plea was followed by footsteps on the stone floor and the sound of creaking wood as the priest seated himself and slid the panel open. "'It's me, father. Zamaman, remember the seaman?' I came at midnight as agreed, so you needn't answer to the state. You've been drinking. Father, please help my poor confession, the priest exhaled noisily. Answer me, he said. Some beer is all. I'm all right now. Proceed. Father, bless me, for I have sinned. Pray God please to understand. Peace. "'The Lord's peace be with you. "'I have sinned. "'I am not acceptable to the church, not to God in heaven. "'Tell me everything, my son, God is aware. "'I killed three men, I am sure of it. "'More? "'I don't know, God knows.' "'How could such a thing happen? "'On our first patrol in the strait, more like sea trials, really, "'the day was warm, perfect, the sky, sea, were bright and soft, "'just like happy pictures in a child's book. "'We apprehended a small fishing boat from Feman in the Federal Republic. "'They were definitely within our territorial waters.' "'I manned the forward gun,' he continued, "'a fifteen millimetre. They turned and fled. The captain ordered me to fire when they didn't heed the order to stop,' he swallowed, clearing his throat. "'Father, I'm here. I killed these men. My son, you must—' He bolted from the booth into the shadows across the foyer. "'and hunched there with his forehead pressed against the ancient stone wall. "'Tremors rippled his body as he sobbed softly. "'He was aware of steps on the stone floor coming towards him, "'and soon felt the priest's strong hands "'grasp him by the shoulders and turn him half round. "'Come back to the confessional, my son. "'At times like this it's best. "'The garotte did its work in seconds.' "'Unbelievably, the young priest offered little resistance "'once he realised what was happening. "'His hands dropped to his chest and he crossed himself. "'Finally his body twisted to face the altar "'before slipping to the musty carpet-runner. "'There wasn't any blood. "'The killer listened a while but heard nothing "'but water lapping in the canal, and an old rowboat... "'fretting against the stone key where it was tied. "'He took the knitted cap from his pocket and pulled it on. "'Then he stripped and removed all identification from the body "'and tugged at the priest's signet ring until it came off. "'He poked the ring and the priest's silver crucifix into his pocket "'with those of his previous victims. "'C.I.A. Headquarters, Langley, 1999.' Truman dried his hands and stepped from his private bathroom at CIA headquarters in Langley. He poured water from a carafe on his desk and began reading a report he needed to sign off on before forwarding it to the National Security Council. The Latin America phone chirped. He reached for it without looking. Each of the instruments on his desk had its distinctive ring. "'Truman?' "'Hey, T-Square,' Burton said. "'There's an attempted coup in Costa Verde going on as we speak.' "'He sounded energised. "'Oh, yeah? "'Where are you? "'Mexico City. "'That guy Benesh, the colonel, "'has surrounded the presidential palace "'and fired a few rounds from a couple of tanks, "'blew out a couple of offices on the second floor. "'That's about all so far.' Truman pointed a clicker at the TV across the room, found CNN, and adjusted the volume. "'We interrupt morning business report and go now to CNN's Washington bureau, where Ramona Diaz is standing by with news of a coup attempt this morning in Costa.' He tapped the mute button. "'Tell me more,' he said. "'It's the usual banana-belt internecine sign bullshit, I think.' "'You know, strong man versus strong man, thug on thug, "'it's pretty much plain vanilla this time.' "'What's your guess on the outcome?' "'I'm betting on the colonel. "'Remember, he commands the army forces in the San Marcos military district. "'Unless the Air Force decides to weigh in on the Generalissimo's side, "'that's the wild card, but I don't think they'll interfere.' The generalissimo's got some real warts so far as the airedales are concerned he hasn't increased their budget since he came to power which pisses them off did we have anything to do with this thing truman asked you know we didn't burton sounded defensive truman wondered "'Was Burton covering over his tracks by instigating a coup?' "'He glanced at the TV screen. "'A female reporter dressed in safari khakis "'stood in front of a photo mural of the Costa Verde capital. "'She glanced at her notes, "'apparently speaking with someone on the telephone in San Marcos. "'Someone who didn't know squat,' he guessed. "'He touched the mute button again, confirmed his impression.' "'and click the power off. "'Give CNN ten minutes,' he decided, "'and they'll have live feed from the scene outside the palace. "'You going down there?' he inquired. "'No, not now,' Burton said. "'I'll give it a chance to settle out first. "'Hell, we don't even have the winner yet.' "'Truman wondered.' If Burton is on the take, he reasoned, then he's sold out to whoever controls things from behind the scenes, not to the Generalissimo, who's a front man by all logic. He closed his eyes and pinched the bridge of his nose, thinking, he knew! The amazing economic and cultural progress taking place in Costa Verde was beyond the capacity of a thug like the former sergeant. "'If this coup really is an intramural shake-up,' he reasoned, "'then Bill's involvement won't be affected by it, "'and if Colonel Benish succeeds, "'there's more reason than ever to get to the bottom of it "'before the scent of treachery fades, "'or Bill creates another diversion to throw me off the track. "'Keep me posted, like always, T-Square.' "'A few minutes later, Truman pointed the remote at the TV and clicked.' Here in San Marcos, we return you now to CNN Atlanta for a news summary and more on the successful coup this morning in Costa Verde. The American Embassy in San Marcos. The streets outside were strewn with debris from the fighting when Mallory arrived at the embassy the next morning. He waited under a smiling portrait of President Fox Lee, until Ambassador J. Frederick the II arrived and he was shown in to meet him. According to Peralta, Caskett's wealthy family contributed to Foxley's campaign in order to secure a position for J. Frederick. "'who wasn't very able in their eyes. "'Peralta regarded him as the modern equivalent "'of the British remittance man of past centuries, "'who is kept safely out of the family's way "'with a sinecure of some kind. "'You must call me Fred,' Cathcart told his visitor, "'extending his hand. "'Mallory took him in at a glance. "'Fred?' "'was a large, well-proportioned man of perhaps forty, "'well-tanned, firm of jaw, wearing tennis warm-ups. "'Entering his office, Mallory noted the beautiful rugs and antiques, "'and assumed they were some of the family heirlooms. "'I'm not a by-the-book Foreign Service officer, you know,' "'Cascot said, smiling broadly and arching his bushy eyebrows.' "'He must have a match this morning,' Mallory thought, "'noticing the tennis racket enclosed in its zipper cover "'atop the papers on the Louis XIV desk, "'which didn't appear to be a reproduction. "'Mr Ambassador,' he said, "'I'm here to ask you to intercede on behalf of my son David.' "'He was seized?' "'Yes, Commander. "'I know about the unfortunate incident at the disco. "'I'm sorry, of course.' He motioned toward a chair and seated himself behind the desk. "'Mr. Ambassador, Fred, they're holding David in prison number Five. "'Indeed!' Cathcart was impressed. "'Yes, prison number five. "'I've heard of that one all right. "'Maximum security, I gather. "'I doubt they'd put you in there unless there was a good reason.' "'Mallory?' "'was dumbstruck by the man's nonchalance, "'then outraged that the U.S. ambassador apparently thought "'that a military hunter deserved the benefit of the doubt "'against an American tourist. "'Doesn't this arsehole realise what's been going on in this country?' "'He thought. "'How the hell can he smile and play tennis "'with burned-out vehicles, broken glass, "'and rotting bodies lying all over this part of town?' "'As I was saying,' Caskett continued, "'your son's unfortunate situation has come to my attention.' "'He folded his hands and rested them on the tennis-racket. "'These things take time, Commander Mallory. "'As I'm sure you understand, of course, "'they have to be resolved through proper channels.' "'The first thing I will do,' he continued, "'is to set the ball in play.' "'He jutted his chin and gave Mallory a fraternal look. "'I am going to call the Minister of State right away "'and tell him the United States will be watching with interest "'and concern the treatment your son receives "'while in the custody of his government. "'I think that should be enough to assure "'that no harm will befall David while he is in their custody. "'I'll appreciate that,' Sir Mallory said. "'But, Ambassador Caskett, sir,' "'The main thing is to get him released as soon as possible, this morning, sir.' Cathcart's eyes darted to the ceiling for a moment. "'Then he took a breath and continued. "'You see, Mallory, he nasalized. "'Drugs are something of a problem here in Central America these days.' he straightened in his chair i'm doing my part in the war on drugs he continued i'm giving full rein to the d e a agents washington assigned to my staff here in san marcos working together with their costa verde counterparts they'll look into the matter quite urgently i can assure you hopefully by this time next week next week Mallory exploded. By next week, Davy could be dead in that hellhole. Well, I certainly understand your concern as a father, Cathcart said. Please understand, however, your son matches the agreed law enforcement profile of a drug type person. Superficially, of course, he smiled. Due to his age. "'and college background. "'Why, even as long ago as when I was at Yale, "'colleges and universities were hotbeds of experimentation "'with all manner of illicit substances.' "'I thought the criminal element sprang from the streets. "'Not Yale,' Mallory said, in an even voice, realizing his own ambassador wasn't assuming David's innocence.' "'From the depths of his combat experience "'he pulled himself together emotionally. "'He wasn't going to lose control and burn bridges here, "'so he urged Cathcart to greater efforts "'and looked for a pleasant way to end their encounter. "'Rising to leave, he noticed an antique print "'hanging on the wall behind Cathcart's desk, "'a battlefield scene unfamiliar to him. "'Well, of course now,' Cathcart told him, "'as though Mallory should have known. "'This depicts the Battle of Castletonango.' from which is derived a good deal of Central American legend.